in Yosemite, yay, and uh, I was asked to close out our series, our 11-week series on Grace Trek, but before I do that, um, I'm not going to touch on any of the passages, the texts that we read, but as, as uh, May read the Deuteronomy passage, it occurred to me that this passage could very well be a uh, foundation, or it, let me say it this way, it is a foundational text for the act of giving. And I'm not trying to plug, uh, hey, you need to give more. I'm, I'm, that's not what I want to do. I just want to give you what I felt, uh, what I felt Deuteronomy was telling us. We remember our need, whether it was our need, maybe our parents' need, maybe our great-great-grandparents' need. At some point, we were in need. And we recognize that all along, it was the Lord who saved, who provided, who rescued. And now in this place, we give to him the first of our labor. We, we bring back to him what, what our hands have, have made, what we've produced, um, to remind us um, of our dependence on him. And to keep the ego from believing the lie that it was our own strength it was our own wit our own education our own uh, street smarts whatever you, it is that you have whatever gift or talent that you have to prevent our ego from believing that that's what got you here and so we and so Deuteronomy is telling Israelites and I believe it continues to us you give to keep that ego from thinking that it's me and remember that it was the Lord all along. Good? All right. That's a quick summary from over there. Uh, if you haven't, uh, we haven't done this, we, you can lift those up. Oh, we're good. Okay. See, that got me off track. All right. Let's go. So for the last 10 weeks now, today is the last uh, of this grace trek. Uh, we've been traveling along with the prophet Jonah. We've been comparing our two journeys with the hope that Jonah would be for us a guidepost. Or at the very least, a foreshadow of, of what happens to a heart, to a person that is unwilling, unable to recognize God's true character. And how, how God sees people and the world. And so our Grace Trek journey began with overcoming the doubt that has embedded itself in the human experience. 
this doubt planted on our first mother and father in that holy garden. Doubt that gave birth to mistrust that has been faithfully inherited by all humans since then. And so we all carry in our bodies a, a mistrust, right? A mistrust of God. And this mistrust makes us lean away from our creator. Weeks ago, we faced this mistrust head on and we recognized with new eyes that this doubt that we have, this mistrust that we carry, this fear we, that, that we harbor is to put it in the parlance of our times. It is fake news. This is not, this is not our reality. And so we replaced this false narrative with a new one. God is good. God wants blessings for us. God wants to give you life. He is on your side. God's motivation, his desire all along has been goodness. John writes in his first letter, Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. You see, John is not describing an incident or an act. He's telling us the very nature is a force known to us, understood by us, experienced by us as love. And so we've reconciled this truth in our minds, but more importantly, I hope that we've reconciled it in our hearts. There is now no reason to fear, to hide, to run from this loving God. Amen? We're good? We're there? Good. In fact, we do the opposite. We run towards him. We go to him. We step into this relationship that he always intended to exist between himself, creator, and us, creation. A relationship built on trust, goodness, mutual love, acceptance, kinship. You know I say that a lot. I've always believed that the prophet Micah captures this moment unlike any other writing in the prophetic works. He writes, he has told you, human one, what is good and what the Lord requires from you to do justice, to embrace faithful love, and to walk humbly with your God. We are able to walk with God because we are at peace with God. Peace made possible through the redemptive life, death, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. Jesus, through his death, took, takes the sin of the world, this, this lie we've all inherited that caused fear and hiding. He took that and he removes it from humanity. He took it to the grave putting to death the power it has over humans. 
Then, on that bright morning, we discover that death could not hold him. The grave could not keep him. And his resurrection marks for us the beginning of a new way of living, a new creation. And just as God breathes into Adam and Eve, Jesus breathes into us the breath of life, the ruach of the living God, my Old Testament professor would say. This energy, this force, this movement of love that flows between the Father and the Son, between the Father and the Christ. This, this love is magnetic. It's electrical. This energy always flowing, never ending. An infinite force of love that covers all of creation. And when you walk with God through Christ, this breath, this force flows through you. And you become, you become part of it. You carry it. We join this flow. We move in this flow. We are empowered by this flow. And Micah tells us what it does to humans. Justice. Mercy. The, this, this, uh, this version calls it, we start to embrace faithful love. This force changes, changes how, who we are and how we see the world. I want to give you an example of that. Let's watch this video. You know, I've worked with gang members for 35 years. I've never met a bad person. Never. I've met really traumatized, damaged, some mentally ill, some hugely despondent people. I've never met somebody bad. And you would think I would have after 35 years. Well, I think that's, that's the essential goodness of everybody. And you watch people as they become that truth and inhabit that truth. And that's life-changing. The message that uh, Homeboy announces kind of works on two tiers. One is for the gang member, you know, about here's a place where you're going to experience in a palpable way being cherished. And if, if a traumatized person traumatizes people, then a cherished person is going to encounter the real joy there is in cherishing somebody else. So it happens at that level. It also announces to society, what if we were to invest in people rather than just try to demonize and incarcerate our way out of problems. And then at some other level, it I always say that we're inviting the world to kind of reimagine themselves, that, you know, that we are the front porch of the house everybody longs to live in. The people have been discarded and who don't count. Here they count. Everybody's valuable. We can't live without you. That's how it gets announced. We don't allow that language around here that says, you know, I'm a bad person, I need to become a good person. Because we know that that's not very sophisticated. And it doesn't capture the truth of, of who people really are. The truth is there, it's unshakable. Now how do we get access? How do we have a clear pathway to your own goodness? There was a guy in my office today crying. Um, because for the first time in his life, he cared about his life. 
his kid, he had a job, he has a wife, he has a home. You're alive and you're and you you're invested in your own life now and in the people you love. And that never happened before. Every single one of our sisters and brothers here goes home and they're they're parenting in a way that they never were parented. Because they they know the truth of who they are. They learned it here. They they found transformation here. And that that the impact that has on their own kids that they're just never going to kind of fall into the trap that they all experienced growing up. Here's the thing, we need people to invest in this place. An investment in the men and women here just opens the world up to this whole other possibility. And nobody regrets investing in Homeboy Industries because it's, it's a good bet. see the world is in desperate need of this love of God's grace of this peace and God has empowered his people us Father Boyle the homies to become messengers living stories that God desires kinship Jesus models for us the reality that God's love flows freely to all. Let me give you a little insight here. It even flows to and for the very people that we may think should be excluded. The ones we feel are a bit undeserved. Maybe they don't, you know, look like us talk like us, live like us, those who we would, uh, or who, who the world would label undesirable. This love is always pushing us to the edges, to the margins, calling us to become messengers, reconcilers, announcing to our world that there is no need to run from God. That he is love and he can restore and empower them to live new lives. About a month ago, we signed our kids up for Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I should have put that picture up. Maybe next week I'll give you. So if you give them a few, uh, few months, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a little warning here. You know, give them a few months and don't mess with them. Because they'll put you in a rear choke and make you go nai-nai for a little bit. Especially Kai. Oh, Kai's ready to choke somebody out. After the first class, he said, Daddy, can I use jujitsu in school? I'm like, no, man. You can't use jujitsu in school right now. You're just, you just learned. He's ready to put somebody out. But what stood out to me the most, uh, every class they do a little, little talk. They emphasize that bullies are not the enemy. That's critical. They tell the kids, often bullies are acting out because they themselves are being harassed. Right? Now, they don't say the word abuse, but that's what they're being picked on. Maybe they're being bullied themselves. And so they stress the reality that not only do good kids need jujitsu, 
but so do the bullies. The bullies also need jujitsu. And so we become messengers announcing to our world that all people, especially those on the margins, are inside of this love. No one, nothing, Paul would write in Romans, nothing is excluded from this flow, this movement, this energy. Nothing can keep you from that, break that flow apart. This love always flowing to and from the Father and the Christ. Richard Rohr says that there is a part of God that we cannot see. And we call this the Father. There is a part of God that we can see. And we call this the Christ. And finally, there is a part of God that is energy, force, movement. And we call this the Holy Spirit. So we stand outside on a day like this. It's not, it's not terribly cold and it's not very hot. And you can see the sun, you see its light. And you stand out there and most of all, you feel its energy, its warmth. You stand in a flow, a movement that warms you and it changes you. You absorb it and you enjoy it. We recognize that this light, this warmth reaches all, not, it is not selective. It arrives to our enemies just as it does to our friends. Now, if this is true of a neighboring star, how much more true is it of God's love? Father Boyle writes in his book, soon we realize that there truly is no us and them. It's just us. Grace makes no distinction. Everyone equally in need of acceptance, friendship, grace, and love. The love of God recognizes all, it reaches all, it includes all. And Christ gives us a new guideline, a new rule of living. Love one another as I have loved you. So as we wrap up this Grace Trek series, we dive into the life and story of Jonah. And we recognize that this story was never about the Ninevites. It was about the prophet struggling with God's expansive grace towards everyone. He could not wrap this around his head. My Old Testament professor, and this is not in the notes, so I'll go quick. He would say, Jonah's gripe with God basically came down to this. This is why I didn't want to go, because I know who you are. You're good, and you forgive, and you give mercy, and I don't want that for them. This is why I didn't want to go. You love too much. Right? And it's true for us when we think about our world. The story is not really about them or how, how bad they are. I mean, we could look at, I love how Father Boyle, I've never met a bad person. You would think if anybody's met a bad person, it's, it's, it's Father G. 
he recognizes it's not about them. God makes it clear that as evil as the Ninevites were, and let's not brush that aside, they were evil, and they did horrible things to Israel and God's people. They are in just as much in need of God's medicine as Jonah was, if not more. Jesus would later tell the Pharisees, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. Our world is in need of medicine, of God's medicine, love, reconciliation, justice, mercy, truth. Oh my goodness, do we need truth these days? Beauty, kinship. I love how Father Boyle says, here is a place where traumatized people will experience being cherished. Then a cherished person is going to encounter the real joy of cherishing somebody else. That, my friends, is the kingdom of God, the gospel. When you share this medicine, you become a light in our world. You partner with God in restoring this world and keeping the forces of evil at bay. And just like beauty and the beast, love breaks the curse. That's what happens when you have a daughter. You start watching all these Disney stuff you never saw before. And you start crying because beast is all... <laughs> you break this curse and love makes people human again to the point where they can see themselves recognize who they are as beloved worthy of dignity worthy of love and friendship watch this last clip I feel good about this <laughs> I really do thank you yeah Thank you very much. Of course. My name is Mark Bustos. I'm a hairstylist based out of New York City. On my days off, I go out on the street and I look for homeless people um, to help out, whether it be a haircut or just a conversation. Just try to help out in any way to, to brighten someone's day. Nice to meet you. What are you thinking about a haircut today? Free? Free. Uh, no. Is this my seat? This is your seat. Have okay. step in life just by giving them a little bit more confidence or even to just walk a little taller. I want to feel good when I go on my interview next week. And I, now I feel that way. 
Now, if Phillips Norelco gets it, <laughs> come on, man. If we, MCF, here in this place, if we are to be a place that restores people, we must be a place where we learn to let go of our judgments, of our thoughts. We need to enter this flow of divine love, cherishing others, coming to the point where saying, we just can't live without you. You're that special. And we start finding our joy and our purpose in that work of restoration. I had to twist Lexi's arm. She didn't do jujitsu on me because of Angel Tree. There's a little girl, eight years old, who likes the very things Lexi likes. And so I sat her down and I said, there's somebody in need. I wanna help her. Would you help me with some cash? <laughs> she would not let go of $5, man. $5. I said, okay, I'll help her. Don't worry. What do we not let go? For her, $5 seems like, are you crazy, man? What are we holding on to? And so Jonah becomes a cautionary tale. If you hold on to it, right? You hold on to it. You refuse to share it because of how, your opinions of people, of how you see the world, you start moving away from the flow. You just do. It always happens. This is what happens. You saw it in the Pharisees, the Sadducees. You especially see it in religious folk. So we got to be careful. When grace becomes merit and love becomes some type of purity code of who's in and who's out, who behaves, who doesn't behave, it has a way of rotting you from the inside. It makes you bitter and angry and judgmental. And this is not gospel. This is not good news. This is good for nobody. And nobody wants to be around that. We see it in Jonah. We see it in the older brother in that parable that Jesus tells. We see it in the hobbit Smeagol who became corrupted by the one ring, later named Gollum, after he forgot his own identity. And he was named after the noise that he makes, Gollum. Gollum, he becomes Gollum. Sorry, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> For those of you who are like, what the heck is this guy talking about? <laughs> you see, the ring robs you of your true identity. You forget who you are. So the question for us here is, will you stay in this flow and share the medicine of love, becoming light and salt, becoming the body of Christ for our world? Or like Jonah, will you wallow in your own judgments, rotting away from the inside out?
And this is the journey. This is the trek of grace. We are all saved and sustained by grace. We are all on this journey of becoming the heroes that our world needs. Would you stand with me as we come and we pray and we lift our needs, the needs of our brothers and sisters, the needs of our world. Let's go to God in prayer for one another. And when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less day. We first.